Part one, chapter ten of Garcia Moreno by Augustin Berth. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. Paris, eighteen fifty four to eighteen fifty six. Paris is for all nationalities a place of amusement and of dolce for niente, but it was not for such a purpose that the ex Quito had established himself in that gay and brilliant capital. He had that presentiment inseparable from noble souls that the time would come when he would have a great work to do for his country and for god to prepare himself worthily for it was therefore his great aim we remember his ardour for study when a youth and his brilliant success at the quito university among other things he had a special love for chemistry and what he sought for first in paris were masters instruments and a laboratory he had the good fortune to find in the illustrious naturalist Balsengalt, not only an excellent professor but a devoted friend henceforth garcia moreno lived once more as a student and a recluse in his humble little apartment in the rue de la ville comedie getting up early and working all day even until late at night he wrote to a friend of his who was also in exile i study for sixteen hours a day and if they were forty-eight hours instead of twenty-four i would gladly give forty to my work he even denied himself one of his greatest pleasures which was smoking he had brought a quantity of excellent cigars from the antilles which one day he offered to a friend who refused them saying he would never be able to get such good ones in paris take them he replied you will render me in reality a great service i must devote myself more and more to study and i cannot waste any more time in smoking these miserable cigars with such ascetic views and noble determination of purpose his progress became really miraculous not content with chemistry he studied the whole literary political industrial and military questions which then as now agitated france he visited also all the lyceums and colleges in paris so as to form correct ideas on the important subject of public education paris was in fact to garcia marino a great school for the highest sciences but by the grace of god who was about to employ this man as an instrument of salvation to his people it became also the focus of his true christian life for several years his early piety had been chilled the tremendous political struggles in which he had been engaged had absorbed him so completely as to dry up his supernatural life a singular incident brought back this noble soul to its previous fervour he had been walking one day with some fellow exiles in the luxembourg gardens when the conversation turned on a man who had died refusing the last sacraments some of the party admired this act saying the man had chosen his own line and had kept it to the last garcia moreno on the contrary argued that if a man had unhappily been irreligious in life from the stress of business or other causes it was monstrous to die in an impious condition his adversaries then began attacking the doctrines of the catholic church but they soon found that they had to do with one stronger than themselves with merciless logic and ardent faith garcia moreno refuted all their arguments and spoke of the church with such ability and enthusiasm that his atheist companion to cut short the discussion exclaimed you talk well enough my good friend but if your religion be as beautiful as you describe it it seems to me you are somewhat lax in its practice since when have you been to confession this observation struck home and garcia moreno bowed his head for a moment then looking his friend full in the face he said you have answered me by a personal argument which may be just to-day but i give you my word of honour that to-morrow will be worth nothing and so saying he abruptly left them 
in the solitude of his own room he reflected for some time on the years which had passed since the day when full of fervour he had consecrated himself to the service of god at the feet of the bishop of guayaquil it was true that he had not been called to the service of the altar but was he for that reason the less bound to love him with all his heart stung with remorse he threw himself on his knees prayed fervently for some time and then that very evening went to confession to the first priest he found in the church the next day he received holy communion thanking god who had forced him to blush for his coldness and negligence from that moment he went back to all his old habits of piety and never again gave them up every morning he might be seen early at st sulpice where he heard mass before he began his work every evening he said a decade of the rosary a practice which his pious mother had instilled into all her children on sundays the parishioners of st sulpice often admired this illustrious stranger with his noble and serious bearing and a look of profound recollection kneeling devoutly before the altar there the exile recommended himself his family and his country to god at other times one met him in the chapel of the foreign missions where he would implore the aid of the martyrs for that christian heroism which would face death sooner than abjure a known duty strengthened by these two forces study and prayer garcia moreno lived in paris as solitary a life as at peta he never set foot in a theatre or allowed himself any distraction save a walk in the country on sundays in his political studies he was immensely struck by the enormous influence which might be exercised by one man on the destinies of a people from eighteen forty eight to eighteen fifty two france seemed to be in a state of frantic agitation of which no one seemed to see the probable result but napoleon had come the coup d'etat had been accomplished and the country was rejoiced at having been saved from suicide with this experience before his eyes garcia moreno concluded that with help from on high a strong and wise man might save his people in spite of themselves and he asked god to give him sense and energy enough to deliver his own country from the revolutionary elements which threatened to destroy it but wiser than napoleon the third who simply substituted imperial for republican tyranny he felt that the real saviour of his country would be one who should give her true liberty by teaching her to bow before the law of god only in these views he was immensely helped and encouraged by a book published in the middle of the nineteenth century eighteen forty two to eighteen forty nine by the abbe robacher entitled euhistoric universelle de veglese catholique it sets forth in the most exhaustive form the whole history of the church politically and socially proving her to be the head of the great social body of which the state is the arms and which both kings and people must obey hence there should be neither struggle nor divorce between church and state but the most perfect harmony from the subordination of the state to the church the study of this book of which garcia moreno read the twenty-nine volumes three times over opened his eyes completely to the falsehood of those four articles in the revolutionary creed forged by the state to stifle and destroy the action of the church nothing he had ever read had exercised so powerful an influence over him it showed him the political role of the church which so many statesmen live and die without knowing and filled his soul with the spirit of charlemagne and st louis thanks to his extraordinary memory he learned a quantity of it by heart and quoted it continually in support of his opinions this time of exile and study had therefore ripened and enlarged the character of garcia moreno in an extraordinary degree strong enough to fight against revolution he was yet humble enough to kneel before the church 
and as a true liberator, God was about to open to him once more the gates of his country. Before we follow him in this fearful struggle, we will quote a few lines, written by Louis Vuillot on September 27, 1875, on this important epoch of his life. On a foreign soil, alone, unknown, but sustained by the faith and love of his great heart, Garcia Moreno prepared himself to reign, if such were the will of God. With this view alone he prayed and studied. Paris, where Providence had called him, was the real workshop for such an apprentice. Paris, Christian on the one hand and savage on the other, gives the world the spectacle of a fight between two opposing elements. It has schools for priests and martyrs, and others for antichrists, idols, and executioners. The future president and missioner of Ecuador had before his eyes good and evil. When he returned to his distant home, his choice was made. He knew where to find true glory, true strength, and how to become the true workman of God. If we wish to point out the last spot to which he bid adieu, the last link in his heart with France, it would be his dear church of St. Sulpice, or the humble chapel of the foreign missionary college, where he constantly came to pray for his country. End of Part 1, Chapter 10